We are back. Hey, welcome back into Road Dog Live. Casey Phillips hanging out with you in Nashville, Tennessee. Very honored to have Tim Ashoff. He is the president and chief operating officer of Creek Carrier. Tim, how's it going, man? It's going well. Great to be in studio with you again. Yeah, it's been a while. I guess close to a year now. Yeah, almost. Yeah. I love getting to Nashville. Uh, we have a number of customers in the area, and it's always great to stop in and see you as well. Well, you came at a great time because when you're done here, you can go help clean up the tornado. Yeah, man, that was <laughs> devastating. Jeez. I remember waking up that morning and certainly uh, reaching out to a lot of the friends and, and customers we have down here and yeah. just, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers went out to everyone involved. It was uh, pretty tense that night. It was early morning, mm-hmm. and uh, the I live in Bellevue, which is exit 196 when you're driving in. And uh, so the sirens started going off about 1240 or so, and so it woke my wife and I up, and we started looking at the, um, uh, the weather forecast. And the weather folks were just going bananas. And, and so I'm like, what's the hubbub? So the funnel cloud at the time was passing right over Bellevue. Oh, wow. And it didn't uh, – it, but at that same time, it was just a watch. At this point, it didn't turn into a warning. So uh, that about five miles – to our east is when they finally saw the thing since it was pitch black right. out and then uh it started touching down just about eight blocks from where we are now so it uh it came close to both the house and the studios but thank goodness we dodged a bullet yeah thank goodness i i'm from nebraska so we're kind of in the oh, in well, tornado yeah. alley as well <laughs> yeah. so those things can come up quickly and they can be devastating have you ever been displaced by a tornado i have not been displaced uh, when i was growing up my father had a small business and he had his business get severely damaged but our house was okay um so yeah we've had that personal impact man it's tough you're not in yeah. kansas anymore right no, no and it happens so quickly yeah that's something and uh so i was talking to some folks whose houses got damaged uh, i play soccer on the weekends and so one of the guys, uh, his house was a total loss. And I was asking him questions like, did, did you hear the freight train? You know, because I've always heard that you can hear the freight. He's like, yeah, we heard it. He said, what's crazy, though, is the eerie silence after it passes you by. There's, you don't hear anything. And I can only imagine that birds are gone. You know, everything is just still. And uh, that's got to be pretty pretty crazy but he yeah he lost his whole house it's yeah, terrible it is yeah i remember when i when that happened to my father's business i was probably about 15 and it was uh late afternoon early evening in nebraska there one of those hot hot summer days and then the oh, cold yeah. front comes through and i remember after the end yeah by you know 7:30, then it was all over and the sun came out and it was it was like so calm and the sun shining yeah and then you see everything so. right wow yeah well anyway uh, our hearts and our thoughts are going out to the folks who were affected in nashville also uh well you're the one that told me about the basketball tournaments uh being canceled and so we got this whole virus thing going on i think it's probably a good opportunity to start talking about uh, how you as an executive in a trucking company uh, how you guys plan for something like can you plan for something like this well, we can do many things. You know, you can't always plan for everything. But, yes, we, we had in place a plan before this, a, a response plan in the event of something like this. You know, first and foremost is always the safety of our drivers. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we look at it first. What can we do to help them remain safe out there on the road? Because, you know, our drivers, like healthcare workers and others, they're essential right now. Uh, and they're, they're truly heroes right now, as I know you're going to talk about here in a little right, bit. Right. Um, so first wave is, you know, making sure two things. One, we're educating our drivers as to what's going on, you know, what they can do to stay, um, stay safe. So, you know, what they can do to prevent getting the illness themselves, getting the virus. Uh, and then making sure that we're working with our facilities. We have over 20 facilities across the country to ensure that 
we're, we're, we're having a higher level of cleanliness. We're following the CDC guidelines on cleaning our facilities, providing, um, uh, you know, hand sanitizer, making sure we've got the wipes and other things to for common areas. And then, again, more at those facilities, education. So if we have a driver that uh, maybe isn't feeling well, what are the signs if it's just a cold versus maybe they have the actual coronavirus? So educating them on that. And then certainly... Uh, with our safety team, we have had this in place for a long time, but if we have a driver that's not feeling well, how do we talk to them? How do we react? How do we help them uh, to ensure that they're safe out there on the road and they're taking care of themselves? I don't know um, if there has been news. You, you probably know a lot more than I do on it, but uh, from the CDC as far as how you can get an early diagnosis, because um, I do know that it's a two to 14 day window from when you actually are infected and infectious to when you start to see the signs of it. So people might be driving around not knowing that they are carrying this and uh, they're affecting other people as well. Do you know if there is an early detection type of test that the CDC or that medical providers are uh, offering people? They are making the test more readily available. So the CDC had a test that they had created, but they've been working with the private lab companies, and many of those have now developed the test to get it broader spread you know, th- and available throughout the country. Uh, I think right now the recommendation still is if you think that you may uh, have the coronavirus, you should first contact a health care provider mm-hmm. because in some areas those tests are still limited. Uh, so they want to go through some pre-qualification and then direct you as to where to go and get tested. That's our understanding right now, but I also understand the goal is that test is going to each day become more readily available. So if you feel like you may need to be tested, that there'll be that opportunity uh, for more and more people here in the near future. Tim Ashoff hanging out with us. He's president and COO of Creek Carry. If you guys have some questions for Tim and you want to get in and just chat, he'd love to do it with you. I would too. 888-876-2336, Road Dog. And uh, it's nice to hear that you guys are uh, being proactive because it's your business. Uh, obviously, the hours of service regulation, the FMCSR state very plainly that drivers that they feel ill are not supposed to uh, to drive. It's it's an unsafe uh, environment. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people that still do power through that because folks need to earn their, their income. Um, with regard to your operations, mm-hmm. uh, how, if somebody calls in and says, I'm not able to go today, how do you as an operations department contend with those types of situations? Well, first of all, we say, you know, are you in a safe place and are you how well are you feeling? Because we want to make sure that they're safe. That's first of mm-hmm. all. And then second, we all, you know, we say, look, that's fine. That's great. There's no load of freight uh, more important than your safety or the safety with whom you share the road. Right. So uh, our operations team then, you know, basically says, you know, don't move, uh, be safe, take care of yourself. And then we actually transfer them over to our safety team. And then we have people on our safety team that are trained uh, to deal with them. We also have a nurse, uh, our own nurse uh, call line that is available for them. And then oh, we nice. have telehealth. And then we also have our safety team trained that knowing what area they're in, uh, can we work with health care providers that can take them in like a quick clinic that will have available parking? How do we get them there if they don't have parking? Those types of things. So we work to coordinate that with our drivers because, you know, our drivers are away from home. You know, for you sure. and I, uh, we may go see our, our personal doctor that we see all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but they're out there and they need that assistance. So we have our team trained to do that and we give them the resources uh, to help assist the driver in that situation. Well, uh, and I hope that you're not hearing of anybody uh, that's working with Crete that has been affected. You, you haven't heard anything. We have not that. heard of that yet. No, we're, you know, we're coming off a of flu season while we're still in it. And so throughout the year, we have had some drivers that have gotten the flu itself, you know, okay. influenza A, influenza B, while they're out there on the road. Oh, yeah. And okay. so we have that same protocol in place for that. Um, so this is, you know, what we're doing is really an extension of that um, for them. So, 
you know, I find drivers are resilient. Um, they've prepared. They're very practical. Sure. Uh, so they know they're going to be out on the road. They know they could get ill, whether it's a common cold or, or something like um, the flu. And so um, we've generally found that, you know, we first thing is the driver needs to be aware. Mm-hmm. They're not feeling well. Talk to us, and then we'll provide the assistance you need. I'd be interested to know how something like this is going to affect the economy mm-hmm. uh, with all the shutdowns uh, happening. Also, freight levels. Uh, are you peeking over the fence and, and looking at inventory levels in, in your all's business, and how is it being impacted right now? So right now, it's actually uh, increased our business. So oh, wow. what we haul okay. is mostly consumer packaged goods and food stuff. And so there, because of the virus, there has been a little bit of a run on the stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we are seeing customers that are reporting, you know, 25% above normal sales for this time of year. Oh, wow. Um, you know, at the, at the main retailers that, you know, you're your uh, Walmarts, your Sam's Clubs, your Targets, your Kroger's, those types of places are having strong sales in that regard. So the replenishment um, nature of that has been high. And so um, we've been working uh, hard to uh, meet that demand and certainly get the products out to the stores that, that people are wanting at this time in the event that you know they need to stay home for uh, a period of time and, and they have those supplies at home then. So it's it's been uh, positive in that way. Now what you do see at the same time because of what happened in China, you know the imports particularly to the West Coast had slowed. And so we've really uh, worked with our customers that send us to the West Coast to um, get uh, freight back out, keep our drivers moving. But there's been enough of this other demand that's kind of picked up on that that we haven't seen an overall uh, impact. And as I said, we're actually busier now than we were for the same week last year. Right. That's interesting. Uh, I do know that Bob Costello in his uh, recruitment and retention presentation did some forecasting. Uh, there is news about the container ships that are lagging coming out of mm-hmm. Southeast Asia. So there is going to be a summer lull. Uh, it looks like at the end of uh, quarter two is when things are supposed to pick back up. I wonder if there's any uh, threat that we might start to run out of these packaged goods and foodstuffs. Well, for the most part, um, most of what we are, are hauling and our customers is, is produced in the U.S. However, okay. there are ju- sometimes there are component pieces of that that are uh, made in Asia or other places. You know, for example, um, I was talking to a, a producer that produces milk, and uh, obviously the cows are here. That's going to yeah. be fine. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but when they put the milk in the jug, uh, the jug is a real small plastic pellet that really gets blown up, and then that's oh, the jug. Okay. But mm-hmm. um, that person had supplied those pellets from Asia. And so um, now they may they may run out of that. But the good part point is that there's another plant here in the U.S. that makes those as well. So it's a much of an adjustment mm-hmm. uh, that our that I'm that we're talking to our customers about on resourcing uh, to a different part of the world. Um, a lot of things that I know even even before now, due to the Chinese trade war, a lot of things have been resourced back into the U.S. or to Mexico or to Canada or some other countries. So that's helped some, but there still are going to be some items that potentially you know could be a lag in inventory. Um, one of the things we are hearing, because it was Chinese New Year, um, there's generally, um, I don't know if you know about that, but uh, during Chinese New Year, the, the, chip, the ship stops sailing anyway. And okay. so um, some inventory is brought to the U.S. early um, because there's that lull during that time period. And so we had some extra inventory in, in the U.S. Uh, before this all happened. Oh, that's good. But that's eventually that will, that will go. But, but the other thing we we're hearing, I was just talking to some customers that do imports, uh, China, the, the China industrial machine is starting to move again. And so, okay. it, it uh, you know, as you mentioned with Costello, it, it'll be summer before it's fully back up and running. But I, I've seen some estimates that by the end of April should be back up to 60 to 70 percent or so. Okay. And so hopefully that's the case and uh, that we don't see too big of an interruption in the supply chain. Let's talk about toilet paper. <laughs> I, I need to, Well, so I told you that I was going to tell my wife to pick some up. I called her. 
And I let her know, hey, sweetie, if you can, because she was at the grocery store. Right. And I said, if you can, pick up some toilet paper. And she's like, there's no toilet paper on the shelves. She's already looked. Right. I'm yeah. like, well, okay, I guess. It's amazing. There's uh, two things that seem to uh, happen uh, <laughs> first here. And, and, you know, I'm from the Midwest, so it's it's the human nature. When a blizzard's coming to the Midwest, it's the same thing. You know, we go out and we get, you know, milk and toilet paper bread. and then bread and yeah. water. And, and so, you know, this time it seems to have been bottled water and toilet paper and then cleaning supplies um, yeah. have been the big rush. Um, we haul for a lot of the companies that produce that. That's one of the reasons why we're really busy. Uh, they're ramping up production. We're getting it out into that um, you know, retail supply chain and getting it out to the store. So I, I know while there may not be any now, we're working hard to get those stores replenished, working with our customers. So uh, a lot of producers of toilet paper in the U.S., so I think we'll be fine. There you go. There you go. Tim Ashoff hanging out with us. He's the president and CEO of Creek Carrier. If you guys want to ask some questions, 8888 Road Dog. I'd like to talk a little bit uh, after the break. Uh, about some recruitment stuff uh, so we can get into that conversation uh, about what your operation is in need of sure. uh, right now. So uh, we'll start talking nuts and bolts of Creek Carrier Operations. And uh, like I said, if you guys want to get in, love to have you. Give us a call. This is Road Dog Live, Sirius XM 146. I'm Casey in Nashville, Tennessee. Mr. Charles Roberts III is in D.C. And we'll be back. We are back. Hey, welcome back into Road Dog Live. Hanging out with Tim Ashoff, Creek Carrier, COO, President, the man. If you guys want to get in, get in with us, 888-876-2336. 8888-ROAD-DOG is the number. Uh, Tim, would love to talk to you. I'd love to field your questions as well. Uh, sounds like they're pretty busy right now. If you're in a position where you're looking to uh, maybe find a new home, a new career, a new place to retire from, uh, Creek Carrier may be the spot for you. So, uh, Tim, can you share the contact information with folks where they should call or sure. um, yeah. websites? Right. right, yeah. You can go out to creekcarrier.com. We have all the information about us, and we have three different companies. We have Creek Carrier, which is our dry van, and then we have Schaefer Trucking, which is a refrigerated division, and then we have Hunt Transportation, which is an open deck specialized carrier. All that information is available there, or you can call 800-998-2221. 800-998-2221. That's correct. That's a pretty easy number to remember. It is, Because yeah. I'm usually about six numbers in. I can't remember all that, <laughs> yeah. but it's good when they work out like that. So you guys uh, reach out, and also uh, you can talk with them today, 888-876-2336. So uh, the topic of the show today is heroism mm -hmm. and trucking, and um, heard a very moving story about Creek Carrier and what they did for one of their members uh, last year during the floods, and, and I think it's Nebraska Correct, is yes. where the flooding yep. happened. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, how your family and, and your team pulled together and helped Buzzard? Sure. So last year, last spring, we had a kind of a strange phenomenon in Nebraska where it was still very cold. So we had snow on the ground, we had frost in the ground, and then we received a mix of heavy, wet snow and rain, and we had devastating flooding, 500-year uh, flooding across the state of Nebraska. So mm. many, many people were impacted, including, including uh, one of our drivers who lived in a smaller town in northeast Nebraska, not far from where I actually grew up. And uh, we had discovered that essentially his whole house was wiped out that he and his wife had lived in. And we had been already working to help respond to the floods. We worked with um, certainly our, our local emergency management folks, but also worked with Walmart, and there's a, a regional grocery store called, chain called Hy-Vee, 
getting supplies, having trailers there to help people who wanted to donate to gather supplies, so people from, from Creek Carrier and from the community. And then at the same time, we, we um, did a couple things. We, we made a big donation as, as a company to the, a couple charities in Nebraska that was helping those displaced. But then we wanted to look and say, hey, did we have individuals from our own family impacted? And what we did is we, we uh, created uh, T-shirts. Uh, Nebraska Strong T-shirts, oh, and nice. then we uh, gave those out to all employees and, and asked them uh, to, in exchange for that uh, T-shirt, would they make a donation? And we raised about $14,000 from employees that we were then able to give to Buzzard um, to help him recover, him and his wife recover from the devastation they had had from the flood of their home. And uh, it was a great, great time. I know he's talked to you about it, but uh, uh, how we you floored him. We floored him. So uh, yeah, it was really crazy the, to hear him talk about it. Uh, he said, "I thought they were going to fire me, Casey." <laughs> and uh, you know, because when you get called in the home office, you really don't expect it, especially with all the other stuff. Because he had that just going on, and the the last thing you want to think is now I'm going to have insult on top of injury. But that was uh, the total opposite, and that's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember that day very well. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, just you know, um, yeah, having him come into the office, and you know, there's there's a lot of great drivers out there that that love just to be away from the office. That's why you're out there, and so to come in is is sometimes uh, uncomfortable. And 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 for him, that was that was a little bit the case. We could tell, and we we come in, we bring him in, and tell him what the rest of his teammates wanted to do for him. Yeah, and just uh, very very emotional. Um, you know, he was uh, shocked and surprised. Uh, but having the emotions of just lost, you know, his house at the same yeah. time and then something like on this, it, you know, it was a little bit um, overwhelming. But for the rest of us, it was very humbling, um, you know, to see that true appreciation he had mm-hmm. for the rest of the Creek family members and what they were doing for him um, was just awesome. And a day I'll never forget either. And uh, Crete is family owned. Uh, it's family owned. So that's yep. that's an extension of, of who you are. That's the identity of the company. Absolutely. And, you know, we've been family owned from the beginning. Uh, privately held and so what's great about that is we really we really talk for the long or we really look at the long term you know Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily have to say what's going on on wall street what's going on this quarter we're making decisions for what is the right decision in the long term and that's that you know during times like this even can mean hey we may do something differently uh, to help our drivers out in times of need and certainly um, don't have to worry about stockholders uh, looking over our shoulders saying why did you do that Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that having that, um, well, that ownership, uh, it's that the employees can feel that and they embrace it. And that makes for uh, higher morale. Uh, it makes for that feeling that, hey, we are part of the family, which is uh, so important, especially in trucking. I, I consider the Road Dog Nation a family, and I talk about that all the time, that we are family here. And, and so to hear that carriers are embracing that same ideology is, is really wonderful. Uh, with regard to the, the nuts and bolts of uh, coming on to work with Crete, let's talk a little bit about uh, the packages you guys have to offer drivers. Uh, if you're willing to talk about pay, we could do that. Sure. Uh, if we can talk about equipment, let's, let's get into that uh, because I'm sure a lot of listeners are interested uh, to know what would life be like whenever I come on board with Crete. So uh, I guess let's start with uh, the different types of opportunities that you have. You mentioned the three divisions uh, at Crete and Schaefer and Hunt. Uh, can you expand on those a little bit and, and what the uh, products being hauled is? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Crete Carriers are our biggest uh, division. We have about 4,000 trucks. Uh, we're hauling dry van products. So 
you know, some of our largest customers are General Mills, Kellogg's, Mars Pet Care. I was down here to visit ah. with them today. Uh, and then some of the retailers like Home Depot and Walmart delivering uh, to their stores. And we do mostly what we try to do is um, good drop-and-hook delivery freight from factory to D.C., D.C. to store, D.C. to D.C. And most of our customers have been with us for decades. Okay. Um, you know, we have our very first customer from when we started yet, which is a, a really? Purina Pet. Actually, we started in Crete, Nebraska wow. with Purina Pet, and they're still our customers. So we're, we're long-term visions, um, get good quality customers that's going to have steady freight no matter the time. I mean, mm-hmm. even right now. So, um, you know, this is the type of freight that's always going to be steady for our drivers and steady for our company. So that's what we do on the drive-in side. On the temp control side, um, Schaefer Trucking uh, started out on the East Coast, and it started uh, right near Hershey, Pennsylvania, when back in the 30s, uh, they wanted to start moving Hershey bars across the country, so they needed temp control product or temp control uh, trailers. So early on, one of the very first uh, temp control companies out there. Today, Hershey is still one of our largest customers, along with Mars and Wrigley. Uh, So, you know, on on the drive-in side, we may be the... uh, the cereal and the dog food uh, kings, and on the temp side, we're the, we're the chocolate and, and bubble gum kings. So, <laughs> What's your uh, favorite candy bar? Oh, I don't know if I can say that on the air. I've got too many customers that I might offend <laughs> one. But no, no, I'll have to say that, you know, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can always, uh, you know, have one of those. So. Oh, and then on the, the open deck side, we haul a lot of um, agricultural equipment, a lot from the Midwest to the ah, coast okay. and back. So uh, um, a lot of those types of products. So. Yeah, well, you got to get it harvested. That's right? right, and that's what makes the product, and then you haul the end uh, result of that product. Uh, we had a guy call in the other day, and he had uh, told a story about uh, a load. We were talking about load shifting and improperly loaded uh, freight, and his was a Hershey bar story. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, and those things happen. Sure. Uh, you know, but he had a pallet of Hershey's come at him, you know, which has got to be a pretty scary thing. But it's really cool that you guys have these customers that have been around for so long. Uh, What do you think the secret to maintaining that relationship is? You know, it's the quality of people that we have um, from our drivers delivering great, safe service um, on on a day-to-day basis, in and out every day, to our operations team and our sales team and our shop team interacting with our drivers and with our customers. And what I often hope is I just don't get in the way. You know, my my job is really to take great customers and great drivers and put them together. And so that basic philosophy, I mean, we're truckers. All we do is trucking. We don't Mm -hmm. broker freight. We don't do 3PL work for others. We don't put, we don't do intermodal. We focus on trucking. And we've done that. We've done it well for a long time. Now, it doesn't mean we can't always get better. And so that's what we're always trying to do is to continue to get better. But when you do something, you do it really well. When you can just adapt to the changes in the industry and, and you know, have some evolution, not revolution, your drivers and your customers stay with you because you continue to provide that quality of service for them. Tim Ashoff is the president and COO of Crete Carrier, and he's with us today. If you guys want to get in and have a chat with us, love to do it. 8888-ROAD-DOG is that number. Uh, when I was selling trucks, I uh, quickly realized that loyalty was uh, not in that equation. Uh, you could sell a couple of trucks to a guy, but since the Internet came along, that gave people the opportunity to shop wide. Uh, they, they could go really far out and, and find what everybody was selling trucks at, right? So you could shop a dealership in Wyoming, very sparsely populated, and you could shop a truck in the East Coast, very densely populated, big swings in cost. And so that uh, Internet experience really killed loyalty. So when when I hear that you are dealing with the same uh, customers for so long 
and you are focusing on the people aspect. That makes me feel good because I, I know in other industries that's just gone away. So how do you maintain – it's got to be very difficult to maintain that uh, ideology in business when everything around you is changing so quickly. Well, I think it starts back to what you said before. We're, we're a family company, and when you are family-focused, you start with people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just ensuring that you are treating somebody else like the way you would want to be treated is our core, you know, tenet. And we have seven principles, you know, that we live by. And a couple of them, you know, safety first and foremost uh, is always our number one principle. But a, a couple of them are just very basic. You know, say what you mean and mean what you say. If you do that, people will respect you, and that will show you're respecting them as well. And we certainly focus on that with our drivers as well as with our customers. You know, I hear from a lot of drivers that, oh, yeah, this company promised me the world, but when I got there, they didn't deliver. And I hear the same from customers. Well, this this company said that uh, they'd charge me a lower rate, and, and they'd pick it up, and they'd deliver it on time. But now when I need them, I don't see any of their, their trucks there. So making that commitment and following through. And the other thing is, um, we have a lot of longevity in, in our company. I've been there 18 years. Um, you know, our average driver uh, is with us uh, over four and a half years, which for our industry is a long time. We have a ton of drivers that have been with us 20 plus years. And then our office personnel. I mean, we have personnel that have been uh, working for us, uh, taking care of drivers for 45 years. Oh, wow. And so when you know that you're going to be there every day and, and, you know, when I'm talking to this driver as he comes through today, when he comes through in three weeks, I'm going to see him again, and I'm going to live up to my commitment to that person. So that, that sense of, of family, that sense of stability, um, you know, that sense of treating each other like you'd want to be treated is very important to us. Uh, another thing I think the Internet has done uh, has given shippers a lot of options with regard to looking at who's going to carry their freight, and that directly impacts your drivers because if they're negotiating hard and they're driving down the cost of that freight, that means that typically the driver is going to expect less on a settlement at the end of the week. So uh, talk a little bit about how you address that reality in trucking and how you keep those rates where they are. Well, the first thing is ensuring you have the right customers and uh, that the customers that you have are ones that are going to be steady, long-term customers and that they understand the value that a company like us brings day in and day out, no matter through the cycle. Because, you know, the trucking industry cycles much like the economy does. And some of these other, other products out there, um, whether it's Internet brokerage or other things that are coming out there, um, you know, customers may see, I can go there today and I can get a cheaper rate. Uh, and I can take advantage of that. And, but that's kind of short-term thinking because when the market turns and you go out and you look at that, that broker board or otherwise, those rates now um, have been opportunistic and they're really high, like happened in 2018. Mm. And then those customers can't find the trucks for a reasonable rate. You know, we're long-term with our customers. We do typically one-year contracts with them, maybe two. But at the end of that, it's getting together and say, hey, you know, our costs have gone up this way. Your networks have changed. How do we ensure that we're continuing to provide value at a fair rate? Um, and when you're busy, we'll take care of you. And when the market goes down some, you know, we'll still have uh, the customers will still take care of us. And if we can build that relationship with our customers, that is a benefit to our drivers because they don't have to worry about no matter what the cycle is, we're always going to have that core freight. So um, can you talk a little bit about some of the programs that you have for your drivers who are coming in, new, new guys that uh, come in and say, hey, I want to give it a show? Sure. 
Well, we have a lot of different options. I mean, the, at the core, we're still an over-the-road trucking company. Um, you know, our average length of haul is, um, you know, seven to 800 miles. So it's stuff that drivers are out there, um, going to be out there for a week, two weeks, three weeks at a time. We have different options for drivers depending on where they live. Uh, but we also have regional fleets. Um, we have, you know, strong southeast regional we actually, on the temp side, just got awarded a bunch of business up in the northeast, so we're looking to hire more northeast regional drivers oh, on a quasi-dedicated fleet up there, mm-hmm. particularly up in some areas where others aren't hiring, so up in that you know, Maine, Connecticut, um, uh, southern Vermont areas like that, so we're looking for that. Um, but then we have regional fleets you know, also in, in the Mid-South, um, in the Midwest, and then we have some dedicated opportunities, too. We're dedicated carriers for a number of retailers um, to get their products out to their stores. So we have a variety of options, whatever can match uh, a driver's uh, lifestyle. And, and one of the things I think I'd like you know, drivers to know always is, well, if I come on an area and, and that, you know, you know, are you going to take, as it slows down, are you going to take that freight and to make it cheaper, are you going to put it on the train, or are you going to broker it out? Mm. And, you know, one of the things that's been coming up recently because of that, and, you know, one thing we we do is is we haul all of our freight on the backs of our trucks and it's with our drivers and so that's another thing we've taken where maybe we could save some money brokering out to a, a cheaper option but we don't uh, because we know long term that's not the right thing for our drivers that's no, taking care of your people absolutely right back to that's it. right it all, yep. it all comes uh, full circle let's go ahead and take some phone calls sure. if you guys want to get in 88 88 road dog we got tim ashoff creek carrier with us let's go ahead and grab well look who it is it's buzzard hey buzzard what's up buddy hey afternoon were your ears burning well Hey, I wanted to tell Tim thank you again, man. I mean, you know, they bushwhacked me. I mean, they bushwhacked me big time. Oh, it was a great day. It was a great feeling for all of us. Um, you had uh, had a lot of challenges with you, you and your wife, and it was the least we could do because none of us could really know what you were experiencing. So uh, it was a great experience for us as well. And um, sorry that we bushwhacked you. We didn't we didn't mean to cause you any uh, you know, health concerns there or anything. But, uh, you, you know, we wanted to do a good thing for you, and, and we're glad um, that we're able to do that. Well, you, know, you did. I mean, you know, you helped us relocate. I mean, you know, sorry to say we bugged out on you, but, you know, we got the heck out of that area. My wife says, take me someplace I don't have to deal with any more snow and ice and floods. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we packed up. We uh, we went back into Arizona where we belonged. <laughs> but that's perfect. I mean, oh, yeah. hey, we you had a devastation in your life, and you're making the best out of it. And that's all you know. We could ask that we could help you to help you do that. Well, I mean, I I have people asking. Like I tell my, you know, I mean, I, I've been out here for a while. I I think you understand. I mean, you know, I've been out here about uh, 52 years now. And uh, like I tell them, I mean, I, I've seen companies, you know, call drivers in to help them out. They have problems with something, give them a couple, two, three, four hundred dollars to help them out. Is that I have never seen a company do what your company did, man. I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I think you, I think you saw that when you did it. Absolutely, and the great part of it was that it was not only the the family that owns the company that that chipped in on that, but it was also all of your fellow Crete family members, uh, you know, from the office, the shop, some other drivers. So seeing everybody come together uh, and support you and, and support a fellow uh, Crete family member, that that was awesome. I just, I mean, I, I can't say thank you enough. I mean, you know, I, I, I you know, like I told my terminal manager, I said, you know, I, you guys go ahead and buy my body out of this red beast. I'm going to die here. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's later rather than sooner. Yeah, we, we uh, want you to enjoy your life and be able to retire and, and enjoy some, of the, some time there with your wife in Arizona, too. Now, retirement's out of the question. Last year, I was looking at retirement. 
But now I, I'm back in debt, man. I can't retire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Buzz. Well, hey, man, thanks for the call. And uh, just so you know, Tim and I have been talking about uh, the idea we discussed a couple years ago. So we'll, uh, we'll follow up with you on that. Let's go ahead and grab Mr. Bob in Michigan. Hey, Bob. Hey, Tim. Hey, Casey. Hey, everybody's concerned about COVID-19. So I'd like to hear your take and Crete's take on two questions I've got as a driver. One of my concerns is if I'm away from home and they institute um, quarantines, so I'm stuck somewhere away from home where I can't run freight, has Crete thought about what are they going to do about driver pay in that kind of a situation? The other question is, like right now, there are certain parts of the country that have more cases than others. I wouldn't be real enthusiastic about being dispatched on a load to Seattle, Washington today. Will Crete let drivers decline going into high COVID-19 areas if they haven't been working in areas that have a lot of cases yet? What are your thoughts? Yeah, we, we've actually had those two instances come up um, already. We don't have any driver that's had um, COVID, fortunately, but certainly, um, you know, concerns about that and, and what we would do in that case. So we, we have been, um, you know, looking at all of our options at, at our different facilities across the country. And then if you're even not at our facility, what we can do to support you, um, whether it's a situation where um, you're staying in your truck, but, um, you know, just need to uh, be off the road for a while, whether you need to get uh, a hotel, and, and we've we've had drivers that have gotten sick before, and we've gotten a hotel for them, um, or and then what do you do with pay? And one of the things we have been talking about, and we've been working uh, and following, you know, what is also going on at, at state and federal government level, because there's some talk out there about, uh, you know, federal government supporting a 14-day 14 14-day 14 um, leave pay that you can get, uh, and so we're coordinating with that, and what would we do with that versus what we also do as a company for uh, additional vacation or sick pay. So we're, we're contemplating all of that and working um, with the with the authorities on saying, okay, what, what's, what are we going to do? Because, yes, whether it's a truck driver or any anyone in any industry, we need to make sure our people are taken care of. And then second, on going into an area of the country um, where there is um, maybe more people with the virus than others. And unfortunately, it's probably going to be sooner rather than later. It's just a matter of fact that the virus will be across the country. I think it's in about 38 states right now. Um, you know, we've, we work with our drivers, um, you, you know, understanding each driver's um, situation. Are they a driver that may be at more risk so they can um, contract the virus or not because of age or health or otherwise? Uh, and then leave it up to the driver. Uh, is that an area I want to go to or not? And uh, if they don't, um, we, we fortunately that have a lot of drivers out there. Uh, and we've had others that say, no, I'll go in there. I, I know the precautions I need to take. Uh, I know I'm important to those people in Seattle. They right. need supplies. Uh, and uh, I've gotten supplies that I need to protect myself and keep the economy going. And that's the great thing about all of you out there. Um, you are kind of the heroes out on the road every day, but people don't recognize it until times like this yep. where, you know, we have to keep the trucks moving. You have to keep the trucks moving, but you have to be safe at the same time. So that's what we're doing. We're working with our drivers saying, how do we make sure we keep you safe? Uh, but also keep um, the economy going, keeping the supplies that are needed to support uh, everyone out there across the country uh, and work together. And, I, you know, I'm trying to stay really in close touch with our drivers. Uh, I had meetings this morning here uh, with customers, but last night I was communicating with a lot of our drivers saying, hey, what are you seeing out there? What do you need from us for support? Um, and, you know, most part, for the most part, you all are very practical. 
very independent people and, and know what you need to do and are confident in what you're doing. And if, you, if, we, if we work together as a company uh, uh, with you all as drivers and then with our customers, uh, we're going to be, uh, we'll get through this. And, you know, I, our customers are doing many things too. I know I've talked to many, many customers that at, at their ship sites, at their, um, at the receivers, they are making sure that they have proper sanitation of common areas. They're providing sanitary um, sanitation wipes. They're providing a hand sanitizer. They're making sure if they have people that are sick that they're they're not coming to work. In fact, I was at a customer today that's talking about they have uh, a hand sanitation uh, waterfall essentially working. A driver can stick it in this uh, waterfall of, of running hand sanitation uh, that they use like in food plants. And uh, they're going to have that for drivers as they come in and out of buildings just to make sure that we protect each other. Bob, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, we have to take a break. When we come back, we got some more phone calls uh, to get to, and I do have a couple of open lines if you want in. 888-876-2336-8888, Road Dog. Tim Ashoff is president and chief operating officer of Creek Carrier, and it's a great opportunity to talk with him today. Be part of the show. This is Road Dog Live, Sirius XM 146. We'll be back. Everything is out. I know that my kids have uh, an extended spring break. Uh, they are not having to go back to school. And then when they do go back to school, it's going to be online. You were telling me, Tim, about your kids. Yeah, I have a daughter at the University of Nebraska. The same thing just announced for them um, that uh, once spring break's over, um, they're just going to allow them to finish their classes for this semester online. Yeah, school's I, out. Yeah, I have a high school and, and middle school age children yet. They have not announced anything yet, but they're making them take their books home every night um, because they may Just switch to uh, online as well. So kind of up in the air with them. Yeah, everything is changing right before our eyes. One thing that's not changing is we got a lot of folks who want to get in on the phones. Let's get to it right now with Rooster in Minnesota. Rooster, welcome, sir. Yeah, morning. Hey, question. You, uh, your ELD mandate, how are your ELDs set in, uh, compared to what the mandate is? You, uh, have yard move? Do you have personal conveyance? Do you allow the five-mile creeper mode, or or is it more strict than that? No, we we have uh, the standard of what's allowed by the FMCSR. So we have the yard move. We have the personal conveyance. Yeah, you have the uh, um, movement up to the five mile an hour before it uh, triggers the the drive line. So yes, we have the, the I'll, I'll call it the standard settings uh, as I know them. Okay, yeah, that'd be a good recruiting tool because there's carriers out here to have absolutely zero movement and i'll tell you that creates a lot of havoc at the fuel island yeah no we you know you still have to be practical i mean i think the the one thing we want to make sure of is is that you know when you're fueling uh, you're on duty um and yep. but it's not driving uh and so and then if you're you know pulling up because you want to then go inside you know if you're if you're moving that less than five miles an hour um you know it won't trigger you over into driving um, personal conveyance is also something that we do allow. Um, we do have our team monitor that to make sure that it's being used for the right purposes, but it is something we do allow. Yeah. One of the, the issues I'm having here is you come in late at night, you don't have a you know a legitimate place to park, um, especially rest areas. You know, it'll fill up and people will park behind you, and then when you pull out, you know, there'll be a, a space empty, but you can't get in it because there's trucks parked on the curb behind you where you can't swing in. And, you know, some of these monitored ones, they'll show 10 spaces empty, but you can't get in them. Yeah, parking's a real challenge out there, I know. Um, we've tried to work a lot with our customers to allow more parking on their facilities and have been really pretty successful yeah. in that. 
to, to try to provide more space beyond the truck stops and the, the rest areas. Yeah, but the, the point I was trying to make, those guys that are parked against the curb there, when them parking spots open up, their ELD won't allow them to move that, you know, 50 yards or 30 yards or whatever it is into a parking spot because they have zero movement or no personal conveyance or anything like that because mm-hmm. not every carrier allows that. Maybe we could maybe push to make it man- you know, the mandate mandatory for everybody maybe? Yeah, you know, it, I think... Different carriers have different protocols for safety and what they think is is um, acceptable for them. As I mentioned, you know, in our situation, yeah, if you were under five mile an hour in that, or if that was personal conveyance situation, um, we would see that movement, uh, but it wouldn't be a violation because it does comply with the FMCSRs. What roosters want you to do is go strong arm all the other companies. <laughs> Can you do that? Well, I wish I could, but uh, there'd be a lot of things I'd probably want to do in that regard, but I don't think I have that kind of power. All right. Tim Ashoff, President and Chief Operating Officer of Creek Carrier. Uh, What are the the numbers again and the uh, email address? Yeah, uh, give us a call at 800-998-2221 or go look for us uh, at creekcarrier.com or uh, Facebook uh, to Creek Carrier. That is great. Thank you so much for coming in today. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Great seeing you.